come give your Aunt Bunny a kiss, baby. And you go, ah, ah, ah. Your mother say, why don't you want to kiss your Aunt Bunny? She got a mustache. <laughs> Travel back in time to the 80s, reliving the advice. Carpe diem. Seize the day. The comebacks. Why don't you take a picture? It'll last longer. <laughs> and the technology. Are you telling me you built a time machine? Out of a DeLorean? Because just like you, we're stuck in the 80s. Can you say stuck in the 80s? my 21st birthday. Do you think perhaps just once I might use the bathroom by myself? Most amusing, sir. Wipers! It's called the quarter blood technique. You do that, a quarter blood will drop out of a person's body. You're not gonna fall for the banana and the tailpipe? <laughs> it should be more natural, brother. It should flow out like this. Look, man, I ain't falling for no banana in my tailpipe. Hey, hey, welcome to Stuck in the 80s. It's your host, Steve Spears, with TampaBay.com. And today, we celebrate 50 years of Eddie Murphy. I have some ice cream. I have some ice cream. I have some ice cream. And I'm gonna eat it all. I'm gonna eat it all. With me as always, he's the Axel Foley to my Billy Rosewood, oh, Sean Daly. Man, I'm telling you, when I was a teenager, I wanted to be Axel Foley. Why? Why would you want to be Axel Foley? Uh, I remember uh, opening weekend of Beverly Hills Cop. I was uh, maybe 14, 14, well under the um, R-rated limit, but my father. The late and fantastic John Daly took me on a Sunday night. I had homework and everything, but I was dying to see it. Took me to the Route 3 Cinema in Chelmsford, Massachusetts to see Beverly Hills Cop. And I remember he went up to the ticket window and said, give me two for that Eddie Murphy movie. I don't know why. <laughs> and uh, I was incredibly embarrassed. We went, and it was great. I don't even remember why. Why is it, was it R? I guess F bombs galore. Yeah, is he back but there's in those no, days? Oh, there's boobies in the strip club, yeah, but, but it's not today. That would be a PG thirteen. Absolutely PG thirteen Beverly Hills Cop. But anyway, I, I loved it. I'll never forget that. I believe that Beverly Hills Cop was one of the first um, price to own uh, VHS tapes as well. Yeah, I had Ra it. Yeah, sure. Raiders uh, Beverly Hills Cop. Remember for a while they were like eighty dollars. I know, and I tell the story all the time about how my parents went and bought the Village People movie. <laughs> For eighty dollars, and I tell this every every family dinner, I hit my mom with that, and she and she's like, VHS movies never cost eighty dollars. I'm like, they did, they did. They did. Remember and the you price charts were crazy, but then I think Raiders is one of the first Top Gun. I'm probably screwing up my years a bit, but I remember Beverly Hills Cop was one of those, and it just went gangbusters. Yeah. Every, everyone bought it. I bought my dad <laughs> for Christmas. I bought my dad the forty five single of Neutron Dance. <laughs> And God bless John Daly. He thanked me. He's like, wow, this is great. <laughs> 45 of Neutron Dance, the Pointer Sisters. And it's hard to say, just 
Did you ever play it? No. No, but you know it was from me. But you know, that's like a gift like a seven-year-old kid would get a dad. Like, I was 14. Like, I should have known better. Right. Like, who gets a 45 of the Pointer Sisters for their dad? And yet... You know, he loved me anyway. I wrapped no. it with love. You know, but anyway, yes, Eddie Murphy is turning 50. You know, a lot of people turn 50 this year. A lot of uh, 80s heroes. Michael J. Fox turns 50. Can't believe it. Meg Ryan turns mm-hmm. 50. The great Woody Harrelson. Okay, really? not so great God, Woody Harrelson. I thought he was like 65. No. Uh, Ralph Macchio. Daniel Son. Right. You know, the funny thing is I look at this list of names and... Um, you know, they're all like perpetually youthful. But Eddie Murphy turning 50... Is a lot more jarring, I think, than these other ones. Like Eddie is should not, Eddie Murphy should not be fifty. Right? He was always the kid. He was always the kid, you know. And Eddie, in all his movies, you've made the point that Eddie Murphy was um, his characters weren't so much relatable, but they were always rootable. They were like superheroes. He was a superhero in a buckwheat wig, right? Right. And so Eddie turning, you know, Eddie kind of thwarting time and and thwarting authority. Eddie turning fifty kind of rattles me, rattles my cage a bit, and yet. It brings us into here the studio and brings us closer. You know what I think, though? I think the fact that his character is being so unrelatable, maybe that's what the appeal was. I mean, there, I was, I'm never going to be an Axel Foley. I'm never going to be, you know... Right, he was always essentially a... a, a Prince a Akeem. Smart, yeah, a smart-ass right. superhero. He was always a fun character that you'll never be... So just relax, sit down, and enjoy the fantasy. Yeah, and I have a theory about Eddie Murphy, and I've told you this before. I I say that for a great chunk of middle-aged people like us, handsome middle-aged people like us, the first time we ever laughed so hard that we cried, or worse, was listening or watching um, Eddie Murphy. Yeah, Delirious on HBO. Delirious, the barbecue uh, skit from Delirious, you know. Let's hear a bit of that now. As soon as you walk in the house, it's like, get away from that grill. You know how to start no fire. You know how to start no fire. Put this fire. This ain't no fire, goddammit. Eddie, Eddie, go over there and give me all that wood. I need half a tree. Chop that tree down over there. Chop down that tree and give me the wood from that tree over there. And Charlie, go give me two gallons of gasoline out of the shed. You two gallons of gasoline, you kids roll up your shirt, put that on the grill. We're going to start a fire. Come on, you want to eat? You want to eat? Just shut up, then put that on the fire. Okay, put that wood inside there. Okay, give me the gasoline, Charlie. Hold the match. Well, I tell you, Charlie, throw the match on the gasoline, all right? Well, I tell you, all right? We're going to make a fire. We're going to eat, all right? Y'all want to eat? We're going to eat now. Here we go. Pour the gasoline on here like this. Here. We need the whole group. Get that goddamn lighter fluid out there. That can't use it, you. We're going to put all two gallons of gasoline on this wood and make a fire. We're going to eat a hamburger, okay? Here we go. Charlie, throw the match. Now, that's a fire. That's a fire. Look at that. Look at that. He'll be all right. Roll Charlie around. Roll him around in there. Roll around. Let me ask you something, um, because you've used this phrase a couple times now. The first time we laughed so hard it hurt, or something else. Pee-pee. Pee-pee, Steve. Really? <laughs> yeah, a little, I spotted a bit. You, have, you haven't, no, you haven't done the a thing. You haven't done a... <laughs> you know. <laughs> right. Like that? Yeah. Do you, do you uh, flatulate when you laugh? I guess you do. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Like a girl I went... <laughs> I won't tell that story again. <laughs> uh, but... Um, Anyway, speaking, I'm talking about my parents a lot, so maybe this is why Eddie Murphy turning 50 is jarring to me. But John and Mary Daly, my parents, in 1984, I was 14 years old, Eddie Murphy, comedian, the great comedy album. I want to say his second comedy album. The first one was funny. had Boogie in Your Butt, and you know, it had him like kind of dressed kind of vaguely feminine on the cover. But the second Eddie Murphy comedian, of course, was the Delirious Tour with the barbecue sketch and some very... Uh, of their time, unfortunate jokes, you know, homophobic jokes, you know, the whole AIDS Mr. Jokes. T AIDS jokes, yeah. you know. Um, I heard that they've been, their versions have been edited. 
Like that's I wouldn't been be surprised. Out. I mean, if you go back, um, you can go buy now Delirious for like five bucks at Target. So, and great. I've watched it in the last two weeks. And I just cringed when he goes into the yeah, homosexual. It, it's almost a relief l- relief when you get to the whole yeah barbecue you know, and ice barbecue, cream man ice yeah. cream man. But anyway, John and Mary Daly, we all sat down at this uh, orange. Like for Mica kitchen table, we had very gaudy, very of like you know leftover from the seventies, and we pressed play on my boombox and we listened to Eddie Murphy comedian together. Oh God! And my parents like, well, we'd like to listen to you know like parental guidance is suggested, but what's the point? It was so incredibly foul and wrong. I mean, what? I mean, they just kind of looked at each other and like, you know, kind of snickered and like, oh god, we made a horrible parental, you know, parenting decision. But what were they gonna do? Take it away? No. No, I kept that. I played that tape until it yeah. split. You know, things are inherently unfunny. Funny material becomes unfunny in front of your parents, just like nudity in a movie becomes very unerotic. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I remember seeing. Um, God, any given any given number of movies when I was growing up that were you know that had nudity in it and it's just like just yeah. it's creepy. I remember watch God my first R rated movie uh, in the theaters was Stripes I believe with my parents and of course the shower scene and there's nothing too bad like you know Bill Murray and P J yeah Souls but when you're like the... 13 years old that's hardcore porn yeah and I'm like oh, I'd really like to enjoy these boobies right now in the but... shower but my mom is right next to me sharing popcorn you know so you <laughs> yeah. can't really do that. Um, but I remember, yeah, History of the World Part 1 with uh, Mel Brooks. I'm like, please, please, don't be anything bad. I'm watching it with my parents. And the first scene is the the masturbating, you know, caveman. I'm like, yeah. oh, really? <laughs> we couldn't get, like, three minutes in with something? Anyway, we, we're here today to celebrate uh, Eddie Murphy turning 50 years old, and but also his top five movies yeah. of the 1980s. Now, you and I had a story in the St. Pete Times where we kind of talked about his whole career, but today we're going to focus mainly on... Uh, the 80s, that magical decade, and that was easily his best decade, wasn't it, Steve? Oh, yeah. If you took five movies from the 80s, the five that we picked today, you go outside the 80s and try to f- pick five more good movies. It can't, it can't be done. We'll try to do it later. We'll try okay. to do a little but bit five, later. We'll go but out. five ones that match the 80s, five, never. It's really funny. It's almost like he wanted some form of absolution, like, because he, in the, lately he's been doing all these kids' movies. Yeah. Well, he's got kids. Daddy, yeah, Daddy Daycare. Well, yeah, so do I, but I, I'm, I still work blue. I'm still edgy, aren't I? <laughs> you know? But anyway, here we go. The top Aww. five Eddie Murphy. And, you know, we really, we debated about these. I know we're going to have a huge uproar. People are going to be very upset. They're going to say, where's best defense? We could get like <laughs> one. Two emails off the, out of this. Oh, really? Our emails down. Down. What? We're not but doing listen, it for people Listenership anymore. is up. You know what? We cut out the profanity. People don't care. Listeners, you cut out the profanity, and we should say the delirious and uh, Saturday Night Live. No, not, not count. These are movies. Are these are feature films? Uh, was Raw? What year, Raw was in the nineties, right? No, Raw was late eighties, and I think it was still. You know, it's still obviously an HBO Compared special. Compared to Delirious, Raw is obviously not as good, but it's still really funny. Yeah, sure. It's still really funny. Compared to stuff today? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Are you ready? Here we go. Number five. From 1986, The Golden Child. We have come to ask for the sacred cross dagger of a jaunty. For what reason? For the golden child. He does not need it. To save his life. The child lives for our sakes, not for his own. I humbly beg you, let us have the knife. Let him ask it. 
I said, I, 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 I want the knife. You love the golden child. I like it more than I should. Did you see it in the theater? Oh, yeah. I did, too. Oh, God. Everyone I did. did. It made a ton of money. Even though it's considered to be, you know, of, of, of his hits, it's considered to be one of the worst. It's not. It's actually really funny. I think it it's, holds up pretty well. I know, but it's no. It's no. It doesn't top any of the other ones on no, our no, list. No, no. It, it, it did really well because of all the hype. He had not had a. He had not had a bad movie up till now. Um, some of the bizarre things though about this movie, John Carpenter, the great John Carpenter, was at one point attached to this project I to love direct that it, idea. and he ultimately dropped out. And then you know what he did instead? Big Trouble in Little China, which is pretty much the exact same storyline. Oh yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I love the notion. And here we go again about Eddie Murphy as superhero. But I love the notion of Eddie Murphy versus the devil. You know, he was the most virile, fast talking, you know, character of the days. Eddie Murphy versus the devil, right? Yeah. And he succeeds. He wins. Yeah. Against the claymation devil at the end. That's some of the worst special effects. I think the ending is if they would have made that ending a little bit better. That movie would really be considered more of a, yeah. a classic. But I think two-thirds of it is really funny. Him with that little guy with the snot in his nose. Like, yeah. Eddie's funny. Eddie's, Eddie's good. But, I mean, let's face with it. With anyone else, that movie would have been an absolute turkey. Right. But Eddie's good. Funny you mention that because it was originally supposed to be a serious drama with Mel Gibson playing that part. But uh, Gibson turned it down, and then Eddie Murphy uh, replaced him. And then the script was rewritten to be a comedy. Yeah, that's, Can you imagine uh, that? Here's the thing, too, about Eddie, and, and, and I love him. Okay, And you and I debate about whether he can make a comeback or not. You, you, I can't, you think he kind of can't. I think he can, because I still believe in Eddie Murphy. Um, but I think in the old days that there was a lot of improv. I think a lot of these movies they did, he just went off. And if you're a smart director, you're like, whoever yells cut, you're fired. Let Eddie go. And right. Eddie would go, like Beverly Hills Cop. You know, they, they say Beverly Hills Cop, there was a ton of improv. And I bet in Golden Child, they just let Eddie go. Yeah. And there's a script. But then I think in later years, I think in the 90s, I think he just got tired. Yeah. Well, I think here's the thing. And it, it happens with musicians and it happens with comedians. There's not an endless supply of creativity. Very few people, like Robin Williams might be the only comedian out there with an endless su- supply of improv material. Well, that's that's interesting. Eddie Murphy has been doing this shtick for you know since he was like nineteen. Yeah, he he might be the well might be fairly dry. But look at that, Steve. That's an interesting point because maybe some people like a Michael Jackson or a Charlie Sheen or you know celebrities who are in the limelight like that they kind of freak out, right? And Eddie's never really had Eddie's kind of had an ego problem, and maybe his freak out or his you know backlash was just to do movies you know it was just to stop trying and whatever cash a paycheck yeah that's I mean, fine how many uh, I, I just miss him i want him you know i you want know, him to come back the, the hollywood is full of stories of stars who go and do movies like just like the golden child and they see the script and they're like geez i'm not so sure about this and they do it anyway and it ends up being the pinnacle of their career it just does that happens all the time yeah. So for Eddie Murphy to take a chance on Golden Child, hey man, I don't blame him one bit. But Golden Child compared to like you know the craptastic stuff he'd do later, like right? Showtime. And now now you have to at some point you have to start to doubt your instincts. God, Vampire in Brooklyn. I mean his stinkers some, yeah, are yeah. that really that should have the stinkometer should have been going off <laughs> on that. Uh, with each one of these movies, I do have a trivia question for oh, you. Okay. Are you ready? Yes. So for here is the Golden Child uh, trivia question for uh, 80s Nation and my friend Sean Daly. Okay. Well, I also like to call Sardal Noomspa. <laughs> ready? Yeah. True or false? Make this one easy for you. I'll give okay. you a 50-50 chance. Okay. 
Golden Child was the only Eddie Murphy movie that didn't get an R rating in the 80s. Hmm. I'm going to say... True. True is correct. Yay! The, um, the only other time he would get... The next time he would get a uh, PG-13 rating, uh, Nutty Professor. Nutty Professor, which I love and you don't, but I, I love Nutty Professor. It's, it's, I don't hate it. Hercules, Hercules. Yeah, yeah it's good. All right. Are you ready for the next one on yes. the list? Yes. Number four. From 1982, 48 Hours. You start running a respectable business, and I won't have to come in here and hassle you every night. You know what I mean? And I want the rest of you cowboys to know something. There's a new sheriff in town. And his name is Reggie Hammond. Y'all be cool. Right on. Eddie Murphy's uh, debut on the big screen. Reggie Hammond. Roxanne, the famous uh, Roxanne when he's in jail. Boy, this is a, I had this on VHS, too. Why do you have to bring up Roxanne? Here's my, here's my quibble about this movie yeah. and probably why it's not higher on the list. And I think I've said this before. My problem with 48 Hours is it... It uh, glorifies that ridiculous acapella version of Roxanne that um, Eddie sings while he's in jail. And now every time you go to karaoke, no matter where it is, some jackass is going to get on the stage and do the exact same thing. You're a very angry man. You're very angry I'm going to let it go. I own this on VHS too. 48 Hours is a harsh, harsh, it's a great movie. Walter Hill directed, the great Walter Hill, but it is a... <laughs> there's it's some hard. language in there's there. There's language. It's a it's a extremely um uh violent racially uh very charged. racial, very but dark. I mean that's honest, right? I mean Nick Nolte's character is just a a bastard, you know? Doesn't he drop the N word like oh, over and over? Constantly. And then like Eddie Murphy fights right back. I mean, it is I mean, this is a man's movie, baby. This is a this is a tough, tough movie. How well do you think it holds up over time though? Can you, I mean, is, does does the racial part of it make it a little tough to watch today? Uh, yeah, only because we got so politically correct. A movie like this, yeah, probably can't be made today, or not, and not succeed as uh, you know, yeah. as as commercially as it did. But do you? You're, are you kind of implying that it does not hold up? Yeah, I, I think it was a snippet in time, and you watch it today, and you. I don't know you laugh as much as you did back in 82. Well, I don't think it's, it's, it's all that funny. I don't think it's all that funny. I think it's a pretty good action movie. You know, it's a buddy comedy. It kind of set off a huge explosion of the buddy comedies. Well, it's considered to be the first. Which... But if I'm Nolte and Murphy, I mean, I, you know, I guess, you know, they're probably really, really proud of it because it's raw. Like, it is very, very raw. Um, I give them credit in the sense that the buddy movie genre became so watered down and and whitewashed and made pretty and you know sprinkled you know with cologne after this one. Yeah. That you know I mean like Lethal Weapon is just, you know. The first Lethal Weapon is a little has a little yeah, bit Yeah, it's going a little on. dark. But by it's the, dark by the with it, the, it, it, with it, it, racially it's like oh they're buddies there's none of that, but it's dark with Mel Gibson yeah. you know ready to blow his head off. As hard as it is to uh to imagine this movie without Eddie Murphy very close to happening. Um a lot of people were offered the uh, role of um Reggie Hammond including Gregory Hines, the great Gregory Hines. You, you, you laughing because I love Gregory Hines. No, we I were love... driving to lunch the other day, and I went on this huge like soliloquy about yeah. the greatness of Gregory Hines. I, I could hear you snoring. <laughs> uh, Richard Pryor was also up yeah, for it. Yeah, of course he was. Uh, Denzel Washington. That, imagine wow. how his career might have gone. I love Denzel Washington Carbon Copy, though. I have that on, uh, yeah. I have Denzel... that on DVD if you want to rent that. Denzel Washington's another guy who I think's got, like, if you look at his entire collection... 
There's yes. as, there's as many he dogs started, as there are. He started cashing paychecks. I mean, there's no holy man in there, or there's no best defense. <laughs> but there's a lot of like action movies that you're like, oh, I don't want to watch that again. Um, so, yeah. Are you ready for the for today's trivia quiz? Yes. Here is your 48 hours trivia question. Awesome. Which movie has the most uses of the f bomb? Is it 48 hours or is it Scarface? Wow. Huh. Uh, man, that's a great, great question. I'm going to go with 48 hours. Wrong. Uh, uh, coincidentally, 48 hours has 48 uses of the word of the F-bomb. Can you really? Mean? Yeah. Wow. Scarface, 226. <laughs> wow. Okay. 226. I'm, I'm one for two. I was way off on that one. Also more uses of the term one. cockroach. Yeah, I'm, do you like Scarface? <laughs> oh, yeah. You and like Lil Wayne, I, I, it's totally overblown. Know. Scarface, the whole cultural cult of Scarface. I don't, I don't. Oh, I, don't I love feel Scarface. It. Back Brian, when I was in college, Brian, was that Brian was Brian De Palma. He's a hack. There's, there was, there was like three or four movies when you when I was in college that you rented once a year, and Scarface was one of them. Yeah, it's Florida. Yeah, I mean, because we can relate to Actually, it. Actually, you know what? We, we watched Boys in the Hood at Syracuse, and we would drink uh, 40s of St. Ides. And I'm the lame really one. And I'm the lame one. That's bad. <laughs> 40s of St. Ides watching Boys in the Hood. Bad. It's a good movie, though. It's a great movie. It's great. You ready for the next uh, you one? Got, you got so earnest. It's a great movie. It is a great movie. I, I, I watch it every time it's on. Sad. You ready for the next one? Number three. From 1983, Trading Places. Coleman, I've had the most absurd nightmare. <laughs> I was poor and no one liked me. I lost my job, I lost my house. Penelope hated me. And it was all because of this terrible, awful Negro. It was the Dukes, it was the Dukes. You're a dead man, Valentine! It was an experiment. They used us as guinea pigs, man. Dukes used us as guinea pigs. See how our lives would turn out. They made a bet. Fred is true, sir. I believe him, Louis. Dukes ruined my life over a bet. For how much? A dollar. Oh, a lot of people might have had this at number one. You know what? I wouldn't. You know, I, I, have like, uh, I think you and I fought about this like for an entire day. I think 48 hours should have placed higher than Trading Places. And you said absolutely not. You said you would not do the show if Trading Places... Yeah, that's uh, what I said. <laughs> uh, why do you like this movie so much? You know, again, this is a movie that maybe is higher on the list because it's a better movie complete i mean eddie murphy has a small role i think this might be one of dan Aykroyd's best movies oh for sure. yeah oh, talk about oh Aykroyd. boy he's got some dogs too out there oh yeah but, but his great ones again outweigh the dogs and of course this has the uh jamie lee curtis uh boobies, famous movie. boobie scene so famous <laughs> <laughs> oh my god john landis who uh Eddie Murphy would work again with. I uh, love John. All right, here's something. Here's my new Carl Weathers desire. Since I can't get the late Gregory Hines on the show, we have to get John Landis on Stuck in the 80s. You know how close that came to actually happening at one point? Because he was down here in Florida at a film festival. Or he was supposed to come down from film festival in Sarasota last year. And I think there was some sort of... uh, Was that back when there was all those... The uh, Icelandic volcano... Oh, the ass! Yeah, and so he couldn't travel. God, I love that's John how close Landis. we came to John Landis. John Landis would probably be 
if not Spielberg, no one's going to be Spielberg, but maybe like a he John Lance would be on like a Robert Zemeckis scale. Okay, if it weren't for the tragedy on Twilight Zone, the movie with Vic Morrow getting beheaded by the helicopter. I like Twilight Zone, the movie. I have that on DVD, too, if you ever want to borrow it. But John Landis got blackballed by Hollywood. He blackballed by Spielberg. If Spielberg goes against you, you're, you're toast. But I love John Landis. Great comedic actor. Has fun with the medium. You know, see you next Wednesday, all that stuff. Yeah, but has he ever done like a really serious movie? I mean, a movie American that- Werewolf in London. <laughs> Yeah, even I'm talking to a walking meatloaf. No, it's not the same. It's still, I mean, he's great. I'll give you I that. I love Landis. But he boy, talks. I don't know. What? I mean, yeah, he's great. No, I, I love him. You know, in some respects, I'm more of the '80s than you are. Oh no. You are no, yeah. You're superficial. No, I'm like really like John Landis, Eddie Murphy, Forty Eight Hours. Like seriously, are we not doing an Eddie Murphy show? Am I not celebrating no, I had to, like, man's work? I, I've been begging to do an Eddie Murphy show from like the first no, show you we haven't. did. You're, we got you to, are... to number two hundred twenty-eight, and I'm, please, can we do Eddie Murphy? Please, can we do Eddie Murphy? No, no let's do another Duran Duran show. Well, That's what you say. No, no this, let's do Pet Shop Boys. No, this is what this is where I draw the line. When you start lying to the listeners, lying to the listeners, lying to all the you listeners. do is spin a web of lies, Charlotte's Web. Come on, I put it. I put it out there to Eighties Nation. Give who me do, a, a. Who do you think is really telling the truth here? <gasps> oh my God, you have them so bamboozled. Oh yeah, Mister Sincerity. Oh my God, you know what? You know all you care about in the Eighties is like the 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 new wave crap. But me, I go to the fiber of the 80s. Yeah, like Phil John Collins. Landis. Phil Collins. I like Su- Phil Collins. Studio. I don't like Susudio, stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Give me an effing trivia question. No, first I'm going to have to ask you this. Uh, uh, Eddie Murphy, again, not the first pick to play uh, Billy Ray Valentine. <gasps> Gregory Hines? <laughs> Gregory Hines. Richard Pryor again. Of course he was. My oh, my God. God. Were there only two black men in the 80s? <laughs> no, it's kind of sad in Jeez. a way. You know, if Richard Pryor had taken all the jobs he was rumored to be up for, yeah. my God. Poor Richard Pryor. I know. Sad. Are you ready for the question? Yes. In Trading Places, Frank Oz plays the booking cop. But it's not the first time he's played a cop in a John Landis movie. What, I love Frank Oz. I love Frank Oz. What was the other movie? <laughs> Voice of Yoda. What Muppets did he do? Miss Piggy? You're stalling. Shut up. Go ahead. What I, was the other movie that he plays a cop in? What's the other John Landis movie? This is God, a real easy one. He's in a whole bunch of them. Oh, God. Uh, Blues Brothers. You got it. Yes. I know my John Landis Frank Oz trivia. Let's talk about Frank Oz a little bit. Dirty Rotten Scoundrels he directed. Did he really? Indian in the Cupboard. (laughs) Yeah, Frank Oz did Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. What's that about remaking that again? Not necessary. With what, like Chris Tucker and Ice Cube? (laughs) I don't know why I'm They're going to do it. Hollywood just continues to... screw Hollywood. Hollywood can suck it. Dirty Rotten Scoundrels doesn't need to be touched. And neither does our second movie. (laughs) Number two. From 1988, coming to America. Mr. McDowell. What is it? Sir, I was wondering, did you happen to catch the professional football contest on television last night? No, I didn't. Oh, it was most exhilarating. The Giants of New York took on the Packers of Green Bay. And in the end, the Giants triumphed by kicking an oblong ball made of pigskin to a big H. It was a most ripping victory. Son, I'm just going to tell you this one time. Yes, sir. You want to keep working here. Stay off the drugs. Ah, yes, the Neil Diamond movie. <laughs> that was funny. That might be the funniest America. thing. You never, you're not very funny, but that was actually funny. I love him. 
It's always shocking when you say something mildly amusing. So Eddie Murphy plays a Jewish guy in New York City who decides to go to Hollywood and pursue a musical career. Uh, You know what? You know why you're being a jerk about this one? Because it was directed by John Landis. Spies Like Us, John Landis. I'm going to get John Landis on the show, and guess what? You're not invited. I'll do the interview, and you can do the stupid bookends. The day that that? you actually lift a finger and book a guest on this show, (gasps) that'll be the day. You are a lie. Now you're lying. (laughs) All right, coming to America is great. Sexual chocolate. This is the first movie, of course, that Eddie starts uh, playing other characters. Yes. Just, <laughs> Mama come Clay, I come Clay. Hey. <laughs> 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 we can sit there and do this all day I long. Know. God, are, it's a great movie. People what are like, "Here's the Seggies already." No way. <laughs> <laughs> we may just skip the Seggies. Oh, uh, coming to America. Uh, first on-screen appearance for Cuba Gooding Jr. He's the uh, kid in the uh, barber chair at that scene when you first go into uh, – is it Mighty – what's the name of the barber shop? Mighty Shears? <laughs> it's, everything is just a joke in this movie. Oh, God. Um, the, uh, the restaurant McDowell's that they work at, you know, that, that looks exactly like McDonald's, that they actually had to go to the McDonald's corporation and get approval for them to sort of make fun of McDonald's, yeah. which they did. McDonald's gave them the permission. But uh, the local manager of the uh, nearby McDonald's wasn't aware of it and freaked out when he saw it erected and started snapping photos. And Are and, you serious? And That's great trivia. They had, to, they had to eventually calm off. That uh, restaurant still exists today, but now it's a Wendy's. That's cool. Sorry. Good one. Can't, can't, can't go get a Big Mick. I see they got the Big Mac. I got the Big Mick. We both got two all-beef patties, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, and onions. But they use a sesame seed bun. My buns have no seeds. <laughs> Our buns have no seeds. <laughs> oh, yeah. Louis Anderson's in that, isn't oh, he? Oh, yeah. He's re- pretty soon he'll be doing fries. <laughs> That's where the big bucks come in. Oh, man. This actually was turned into a weekly sitcom. Uh, really? With, Tom, with Tommy Davidson as uh, the prince, Yikes. Tariq, and uh, okay. Paul Bates reprising his ro- uh, role as Oha. But uh, it, never, it wasn't picked up by any networks. God, Arsenio Hall is so funny in this too. He was a funny guy. Yeah, what the two the, the two of them should Arsenio just join forces and made like. I wonder if they were too combative because Arsenio Hall thought he was going to be the next Eddie Murphy. You know, you think I wonder if they even got along. God, God they're funny hard to dudes. imagine that they didn't. I mean, so God, this movie's so good. I got to see this again. Give me a trivia question. You ready? Yeah. James Earl Jones mm-hmm. and Madge Sinclair play the king and queen of Zamunda. Yes. They would go on to play husband and wife again in a future movie. What was that movie? Yikes. Um, I have no idea. (gasps) Shut up. What? The Lion King. The only thing I know better than John Landis is Disney. Exactly my point. What? You did that to, to belittle me. A little. No kidding. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. That's a great. God, you're on fire doing the homework on this app. So we be down to the number one movie, yeah. the number one Eddie Murphy movie of the 1980s. It's no surprise. Number one. 1984's Beverly Hills Cop. Hi. I'm fine. My name is Sash, and how can I help you? Um, yeah, I'm looking for Miss Jenny Summers. My name's Axel Foley. And uh, what is pertaining? I didn't understand what you said. Pertaining, what it's meaning, regarding. Oh, what's it regarding? I'm an old acquaintance of hers. Donnie, one moment. Don't run and tell me, Summers, that uh, Mr. Ahmed Foley is here to no, see. Axel Foley. Axel. Ahmel, Ahwell. Axel. 
Follies here to see her. These are all the queens. I see you look at this piece. Yeah, I was wondering how much something like this went for. $130,000. Get the f out of here! No, I cannot. It's serious because it's very important. Piece. Have you ever sold one of these? Sell it yesterday to a collector. Get the f out of here! I'm serious. I said it myself. Achmel. <laughs> Achmel. 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 I don't know. I just want to hug you right now. I love Sip. My name is Sage. <laughs> oh, oh, man. The great Bronson Pinchot. Isn't he like a... Pinchot's like a jerk, right? Isn't he like... He's kind he, of a snobby little guy. I mean, he's kind of... Didn't he like belittle this? He has many like layers in this movie. <laughs> God, I love that. Eddie Murphy in the strip joint. Oh, so good. We ain't gonna fall for no banana in the tailpipe. Just go off, go reel off a bunch of. Well, you might, you got my yeah, favorite. Yeah, do it, do it. Is this the man who wrecked the buffet <laughs> at the Harrow Club? God. Oh man, they're all so good. And then the other Beverly Hills Cops blow. Ah, uh, you know, two's not so bad. With Bridget Nielsen, where does two take place in Beverly Hills again? They all take place in Beverly Hills. Do they? The idea was when they um, were to make sequels, their idea was that he would go to other cities. Oh. And then and um, eventually Akron. Cop. Yeah. <laughs> well, it just, you know, that the Foley character would continue and go on to other, you know, culture clashes. Yeah. But eventually they just kind of, I think they got lazy. Yeah. Much like Eddie Murphy. Yeah. I don't remember much about number two. Um, I don't know. I don't even think I've seen number three, even though it was directed by John Landis. God, it's the one, it's the worst. And now they're talking about four with Brett Ratner, that director. He's like the new. You know, I. If it washes away the sins of two and three, I'm all for it. I just can't. but what? But what are you having? You're, it's 20 years later. What are you doing with Murphy? Is he? Is he? Um, Murphy still looks good though. He's still like he no, he's fine. But, I mean, he you can't, he's gonna buy guy. the fact that he's still some cop. You know that he's still some sort of detective. Yeah, you're gonna the, put him in the Mumford Phys Ed. You can't uh, do that. I mean, I think the problem with four is too much time has passed. I mean, what, what are you gonna do with him? Unless you really um, reimagine it and, and and take him out of that role and let him and let him play like the police chief of Beverly Hills uh. and another. Detective comes through town. You're um, kind of like the Ghostbusters. Your research idea. on this uh, on this movie is fantastic. Can I give you one little? Uh, can I read one of the things? Yeah, sure. During his tirade at the Beverly Palms Hotel, Axel pretends to be writing an article called "Michael Jackson Sitting on Top of the World" for Rolling Stone magazine. In real life, Playboy ran an article called "Eddie Murphy Sitting on Top of the World." I love that. Yeah, I love that stuff. As you had guessed, Eddie Murphy does improv almost all of his lines in this movie. Literally hundreds of takes are ruined um, by actors uh, giggling and laughing. Uh, affected during the Super Cops monologue that I love so much. Oh, yeah. You can, if you look hard, look and you see John Ashton is actually pinching his face and looking down. Really? Trying to hide himself from laughing. That's great. You ready for the trivia question? Yes. Bronson Pinchot, uh, who obviously plays Serge in uh, Beverly Hills Cop, Adapted his character for the later TV role in uh, Perfect Strangers. Uh, likewise, Stephen Burkoff, who plays the villainous Victor Maitland yeah, in TV. Yeah, great villain. Great villain. He went on to play villains in other 80s movies. Can you name at least one of them? Yeah. It's a hard one. I'll give you that. Yeah, I cannot. I cannot. He's got a familiar face, right? I'll give you two. Are you ready? Yeah, he's got that mole, right? Yeah, he's an octopusy. He's General Orloff. Of course. And um, he's uh, Colonel Podofsky in uh, Rambo uh, Part Two. Part two, I did not know that. I thought the part two had some big hairy like Afghan or something like that. Yeah, but it has to have a Russian too. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, that's I, cold so. War. I don't remember any of the other. First Blood's a great movie. All the rest of them, I don't care. I don't like sequels. But you know no. what I do like? The, the Seggies. Seggies. What's up?
happening, hot stuff? Ah, by the sound of the gong, it must be time for Mystery Movie Moment. We'll play a segment of a movie from the 80s. If you can get it right, uh, Sean will butcher your name in front of millions <laughs> of people. Pay attention. Here was last week's all-too-obvious clip. We have come to ask for the sacred cross-dagger of a jaunty... Yep, that's the golden child. Awesome. It's almost like you knew we were going to do an Eddie Murphy movie. Before you even did. Go on and read the names, jackass. Yes. Uh, winners include Dangerous Dan, Latin Rascal. Haven't heard from Latin in a while. Uh, Kevin R. Walker, Jeff in Cuba and Germany, OJ in La Corona, Spain, Phil from Adelaide, Pinhead, and everybody's best friend, Kevin the Wench Wench. <laughs> I love Kevin Wentz. I know you do. Pay attention. Here's this week's mystery clip. I want you to spill your guts. Tell us everything. Everything. If you know it, email us at stuckinnews at tampa.com and tune in next show to find out if you're a winner. Ah, the mystical refrain of Name That 80s Tune. Hey, same deal here. I will play a snippet of a song from the 80s. Sean will then... Uh, Interrupt me as I try to say the name of it, and then he will deny that he's ever heard of it, and then once I explain what it is, he'll say that he never liked it. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Pay attention. Here was last show's mystery clip. That's Dumb Waiters by the Psychedelic Furs. Really care about the second. I know. Cars. That's just so you. See, that's all you had took out of the '80s. Dumb Waiters is off their Talk 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 album, and they are touring this summer. 30th anniversary of Talk Talk Talk. People love the Furs. No, they don't. It's sacred. Six to them. people love the Furs. This but, is my me singing a psychedelic Furs song. Really? <laughs> I'd rather play that on a continuous loop than listen to the psychedelic Furs. Whatever, Phil Collins. And yet, you know what? You like Phil Collins, too. Not like Why are you, you turning like your Phil back Collins. on Collins? He, what he needs us most. He he's need. suicidal. All he needs is his model train set. <laughs> no, it's the Alamo. Oh, winners of Name That A's Tune this week include Rick V, Stacy in St. Pete, Dr. Dim, Magnus in New York City, and the smoking hot, voluptuous, beautiful Becky Rebello. Pay attention. Here's this week's mystery clip. If you know it, email us at stuckinies at tampabay.com and tune in next week to find out if you're a wiener. If you're not ready to give up on mullets in Madonna, log on to Stuck in the 80s. Just one of the many blogs you'll find at tampabay.com, the website of the St. Petersburg Times. Relive the music, movies, and culture of the greatest decade ever. Only at tampabay.com. Hello, Sean and Steve. Hey, this is Carl Withers. No, not Apollo Creed. Hey, me and my wife just love, love, love the podcast. We listen to it every day after work. We'd like to listen to it in the morning on the way to work, but we're not quite uh, awake enough to listen to the uh, Tigger and Eeyore of the podcasting world. But anyway, just got one little complaint. 20 minutes of Duran Duran. How about some 80s heavy metal or something like that? 
the decline of the Western civilization, heavy metal parking lot. Seriously, keep up the good work. You guys are awesome. Anyway, we'll remain here, hopelessly, stuck in the 80s. And we're back. And uh, thanks, Carl, for uh, belittling um, our trooper effort on the Duran Duran show. Maybe you'll get a metal show in the near future. Maybe. Maybe. We're not saying anything, but maybe. Is there any way that we could do a metal show and everyone gets it except for Carl? <laughs> hey, let me uh, fire a couple questions at you. Okay. Party all the time. Good song or bad song? I kind of like it. I do, too. I also like... Uh, do you remember the song, What's Up With You? <laughs> no. I had it on a single. Okay, Michael Jackson sings background. I'm telling you, I am built of the 80s. I'm the fabric. You claim your 80s? Psychedelic first. That's it. Pet Shop Boys. You're in your weird haircuts. No, I, I think you do get it. I think after 228 episodes, you do get it. All right. Um, you say you're of the 80s, but I'm going to challenge you. To give me two great Eddie Murphy movies not from the 80s. Um, Bowfinger, for sure. Awesome. Bowfinger is great. Um, I have Bowfinger on DVD. I don't know why I, I insist on saying that all the time. No one cares. <laughs> but I do have Bowfinger on DVD. Bowfinger, Bowfinger, Bowfinger. Um, either Boomerang, which uh, I know you don't care for. It's hate, hateful. Hateful. I love but the he's got a mushroom belt. <laughs> I love the Joe, ladies. Do you know your dad has a mushroom belt? <laughs> I love that movie. Not so much Freddie Murphy though. Um, oh man, I'm gonna. You know, <laughs> there's just no other good answer. Boomerang. No, I'm, I'm, gonna and with, I'm gonna stick with Bowfinger and Boomerang, the two Bs. I don't know why you don't B &B. like Nutty Professor, but I've already mentioned that. So Nutty Professor is great. It's the fine. first one. It's no, it's funny as I'll get out as Buddy Love. You know, as someone who probably takes the. Yeah, ninety nine percent of the movies you see are what rated G because you take your daughters to them. What are you talking so about? Your taste in movies is suspect the best. Suspect. All right, and then tell you what: two great non eighties movies from Eddie Murphy. I'll take two um, animated features. Mulan. He's hilarious. Is Mushu the dragon? No, yes. Lots he's of voicing. People. He's just voicing. Voicing takes work. We're voicing right now, you dumb <laughs> but bastard. No, no one's gonna say this is our best work. Well, Not from you today. You've been phoning him in for like the last ten. Great. Uh, and uh, Shrek, he's funny in Shrek. Oh, as he's the donkey again, voicing. He's the the the, the anchor of voicing. that whole. <laughs> so stupid. Voicing. Voic you're so annoying. Oh my god, you're supposed to squash a bird race. You're so stupid. All right, wrap it up. Happy birthday, Eddie Murphy. Yeah, fifty. We wish you were here with us to celebrate. In the meantime, next year we'll be saying happy fiftieth to Steve Spears. Well, that's really what you want to voice now. <laughs> Voicing, you're so. St uh, <sighs> uh, Throw something at me, make me feel loved. No, I hate you. <laughs> All right, I love you. Okay, <laughs> with our love for Eddie Murphy and for our fans, except for the great Carl Withers. Yeah, we remain here hopelessly stuck in the eighties. Stuck in the eighties is produced by the St. Petersburg Times and TampaBay.com. Special thanks to Check Battery Daily for the music for the opening credits. Read our blog at tampabay.com slash blogs slash 80s. And don't forget to subscribe to the show at iTunes. <laughs> <laughs>